Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Combos. I am your host, Liz Bullard, and I am very happy today to have with me Michael Puffer. From, he is a reporter at the um, Waterbury um, Republican American. And so I'm just going to be picking his brain today about um, journalism, but specifically local journalism. So thank you for sitting with me today. Oh, no problem. Happy to, happy to talk with you. So um, is it a little weird to be like on the other side of having questions? It is me? a bit. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely have a face and a voice for print media, yeah. I always say. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is a bit odd, but <laughs> I, I, I think turnabout is fair play. So. All right. Well, I'll start you off pretty easy. So a question I have for you is, um, so my journalism extent is like that of like Clark Clint and like Peter Parker with, you know, the comic books. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is, I imagine there's a lot of late nights with journalism and getting, you know, the stories and the printout. Do you rely on a lot of coffee or do you turn to energy drinks? What's your drink of choice on those uh, late night days? You know, well, my drink of choice would be water. Yeah. Um, but I do find myself forced to imbibe a lot more caffeine <laughs> than I should or even want to. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes, especially around, uh, you know, elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of late nights. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fact checking. I had to do biographies on, I think it was 42 candidates. That's uh, a lot. So that's 42 background checks mm-hmm. you have to do. And they're sort of deep dives. Mm-hmm. You have to see who hasn't paid their taxes, yes. unfortunately. And you know, who may have run into some legal problems. Mm-hmm. And these are checks that we do on on everybody, mm-hmm. um, you know, equally uh, trying to be fair. And that's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, it did seem like, you know, especially you, because you cover a, lot, cover a lot of the political stuff, correct? Uh, I do. Okay. And so, like, you got, like, a lot of heat about covering different um, things about people's backgrounds, whether it was their finances and stuff like that. How do you guys decide that this is what goes into the paper and this isn't? Well, there are, there are journalistic conventions. Okay. Um, if somebody who wants to be a public servant mm-hmm. and wants to help set tax rates and mm-hmm. help set how things are, are spent, mm-hmm. you know, is having difficulty paying their own taxes mm-hmm. uh, or managing their own money, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, that's something that we feel, and most journalists will feel that the public's entitled to be aware of. Especially paying their taxes. It's an obligation, Mm -hmm. I think, for anybody who wants to sit in public office and Mm -hmm. charge other people taxes. That they pay their own. Which is true. Which is true. So, in thinking about that, in thinking about, you talk about the journalistic (coughs) conventions, can you tell me a little bit more, like, what is that and, like, what does that look like? Well, it's something that's developed over Mm -hmm. hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. You know, what is responsible journalism? Okay. Uh, What is fair? And, you know, people will never have any clue about the, the sort of the depths that we go to that we think about you know what should be included what shouldn't be included I have uh, you know turned down stories that I know mm. would get a lot of views but just because I didn't think it would be responsible journalism to include them you know a business that is may on the, on the surface seem to be in trouble mm-hmm. uh, but you know isn't I, I recently yeah. had a case like that, mm-hmm. uh, but it might have been if, yeah. I, if I had written a story about something that they had straightened out. Um, so I could have written a story; it would have been a legitimate story, and uh, you know I, there would be no legal challenge to be made to mm-hmm. it. But we didn't feel it would be responsible to do that to injure this business, uh, business needlessly. So that's interesting. So, do would you say? 
in like relative terms that that's kind of what separates local journalism from like tabloids you kind of look at being responsible versus the views and the taglines well the thing that I fear about uh, that I fear mm-hmm. with journalism and, and going into the future is uh, you know the absence of responsible journalism mm-hmm. you know you do not get the amount of thorough consideration uh, that uh, from that you see with the newspaper on Facebook Mm-hmm. You know, increasingly with it becoming easier and easier to publish on Facebook, on blogs, mm-hmm. you know, on in, in any sort of number of medium, mm-hmm. people are able to search out those echo chambers. Yeah. Uh, where they hear from people who share their preconceived notions, who aren't going to challenge them, who, you know, are going to just uh, go with whatever is most popular mm-hmm. with, that, with their audience. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't... Yeah, I don't really care what's popular. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my job. Yeah, my job is to present the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm beholden to. That's a standard that that I have, and that you'll find with most newspapers. You know, no matter what the editorial board writes, if mm-hmm. it's conservative or liberal or somewhere in between, mm-hmm. newspapers are beholden to the truth. Yeah, uh, and that is our target and our goal. It is not so with a lot of these mediums. Yeah, because you, as you mentioned, like when someone is putting out their own medium, whether it's through a Facebook blog or podcast, whatever, it really is that person's point of view. And they may or may not do their due diligence to have it be fair and equal, um, but that's interesting as you talk about that with the local newspaper and you know the Snoop Caesar in general, just being honest and responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, another question for you, as you talked about you know, the paper and you have the editors and um, the different comments, the liberal and stuff like that. Does each reporter have like their own style or their own point of view, or is it kind of more tailored and tamed at the local newspaper level? Well, for for newspapers yeah. that are following sort of traditional norms, yeah, you're not supposed to have a voice. Okay. Uh, the reporter doesn't have a voice. I don't get to put my opinion in. Okay. Uh, ever. Okay. Um, you know, I don't get to put my personal leanings. I have to be conscious of them and avoid, you know, Being putting biased. them in. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. You know, we care about facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't. We're not trying to push a narrative or push a political point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, that's. Again, that's a standard that we're shooting for. That mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think in a lot of these modern mediums that people will seek out because it's comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable going somewhere where everybody agrees with you. Yeah, and you know those things you'll you'll hear what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to report uh, and, and write about things without using your personal voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I may believe something strongly, yeah. but unless I can have a source to back it up, or it's objectively viewable, mm-hmm. you know, there's a crumbling building that's five stories tall. Mm-hmm. I can see that from the street. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't report on that mm-hmm. unless I can back it up. And I think that's helpful as far as conversations with, you know, just the reader. You know, when the reporter is able just to report on the facts, then it allows the reader to kind of come up with their own opinion and have their own dialogue versus constantly kind of like being told what to think and what to view. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. So how many different towns, because you talked about you had 44 different um, political... Um, uh, all Waterbury. All of Waterbury. All Waterbury. All Waterbury. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and I was focusing on Board of Alderman candidates. Mm-hmm. And the mayoral contest. Mm-hmm. So, 
throughout the year when it's not political season, what other types of, um, is it just politics that you cover throughout the election? No, it can be, you know, items of, you know, interest. We can write feature stories, okay. uh, you know, we can write about big donations to schools or efforts to update curriculum mm-hmm. or efforts to improve upon minority hiring mm-hmm. percentages, you know, any number of things. Anything that really, uh, the standard is, you know, whether people should know it, mm. whether it's in the public benefit to know this information so mm-hmm. that the public can act on its own best interests. Yeah. Know, we, give the public information and so they can say we like this or we don't like this or we want our representatives to vote this way or that way mm-hmm. or whether it's you know simply of interest you know that's more of a feature type story I've written about you know the, the plight of the honeybee really and, oh yeah and I, I've written about uh, you know changing fish populations in Long Island Sound I've been out on a trawler boat wow. uh, run by the state mm-hmm. in which they're doing population counts and so sometimes we have to understand um, complex scientific uh, notions and boil those down for popular public consumption. But like, so when you really think about it, when you think of it, you know, being a political journalist, there is a lot that falls under that, you know, and it's like sometimes it's easy to just kind of think about like just elections, but there's a, like you said about different things about the Board of Ed and donations that all fall under that, which is very interesting. Well, there's, you know, thousands of narratives that you can follow. Yeah. And, uh, at any one time, you know, there are dozens of storylines that we're checking in on, mm. you know, the particular brownfield cleanup efforts mm-hmm. or efforts to expand infrastructure, mm-hmm. you know, and so I wouldn't sort of pitching myself as a Political reporter, politi- politics is part of what I cover, mm-hmm. but I, I, you know, I cover city development too. Okay. Uh, and right now, I'm actually we lost our education reporter, unfortunately, a little, mm-hmm. little while ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm filling in for schools. Okay. So you know, I'm going to be taking a look at, you know, how the schools are spending their reform dollars. Mm. And so there's, there's a lot to take in. I I was going to say, hey, that is a lot. And so I was going to ask, do you ever get kind of board or is it hard to find the next story but with all of that and thinking about all those different narratives there's probably tons of stories even when just considering Waterbury which sometimes doesn't appear to be that big (laughs) Waterbury is a a place that will keep you busy yeah Um, and you know it's a place that you know I I've been reporting here since 2005 Mm -hmm. um, so I've gotten to know it pretty well Mm -hmm. I I live in Woolkit Mm -hmm. I can throw a rock into Waterbury I do all of my business Mm -hmm. in Waterbury you know my doctor and my dentist and my mechanic and all of my shopping is here and I'm in Waterbury more often than I'm in my my house so you really get to see the story on so many different levels that's true Mm -hmm. I mean very often I'll be driving down the street and I'll see something that deserves an article, so I'll pull over and take a picture and maybe talk to a few people. Yeah. Um, so it's like uh, always on the go, always on the go. You're never not on the job. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, I've always got, you know, my phone's plural in my pocket <laughs> uh, so that I can take pictures or take notes or use a voice recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're never entirely off. I get mm-hmm. calls at night and on the weekends and... Um, you know, but it's uh, you know it's it's a community I have a lot of affection. For, yeah. Uh, obviously. So, coming up, I'm you know halfway through, and I want to kind of pose to you a question. So this is our coffee and combo question of the week that I pose to um, just not just you but the listeners out there to interact during the week that they hear the podcast. And the question for you is: 
and taking in all of the local and kind of even expanding to the national level <coughs> of journalism, where do you see the future of, you know, we, we kind of talked about different mediums, whether it's Facebook, blogs, all these different things. Where do you see journalism going in these next couple of years? Well, as I mentioned, you know, previously, I, I tend to focus on, yep. you know, I've got a lot coming at me, so I mm-hmm. have to focus on the immediate yes. uh, things. Uh, you know, there's I'm always juggling four or five stories, <laughs> and some of them are long range and some of them are short range. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do think about uh, journalism in the long run. Mm-hmm. I do worry about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like people have less of an appetite to, mm-hmm. you know, be informed about their own community or even take action. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I covered a budget hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a public hearing for the city's four hundred and fifteen million dollar budget, mm-hmm. and nobody showed up, not one person. Oh wow! Um, you know, I've That's a noticed. Scary. Well, I've noticed in fifteen years that there are fewer and fewer people turning out to these public meetings, mm. uh, and you know, at the same time, you might have more and more people commenting on Facebook about how this is wrong or that is wrong. Yeah. But, you know, if those people just got together mm-hmm. and came down to these meetings mm-hmm. uh, and made their voices heard, mm-hmm. um, they would find that they can affect public policy. I've seen it happen. You know, they can go before the Board of Ed. They mm-hmm. can go before the Board of Aldermen. They can uh, write letters to the mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can demand changes in policy. And if they stick together, mm-hmm. uh, they will see that. I think people just don't grasp their own power in this community, unfortunately. I 100% agree. Do you think it's because information is so easily accessible that people kind of stay away from um, just being so involved, whether it's in person or just reading your local paper? I think, unfortunately, you know, it's good information is hard to come by. Yeah. Um, it's, it's easy to get... Information, but yeah. good information. Well, you know, it's, it's easy to get, you know, conspiracy theories yeah. and... You know, things that really have no factual basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, going to this whole notion of whether people are beholden to the truth or not. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people have their suspicions and yes. then they'll put them out on social media as if they were absolute facts. True. Uh, True. And, you know, I don't care. Personally, if I'm 99.9% certain about something, mm-hmm. I still can't put that in the newspaper. I need to have something to back it up, mm-hmm. something that's observable or something mm-hmm. that I can cite mm-hmm. or somebody that I can cite mm-hmm. that might be a content expert, mm-hmm. you know, might be a budget director mm-hmm. or an official who mm-hmm. would have a reason to understand this particular thing that mm-hmm. I'm writing about. Um, and I'm sorry, I've diverged a little bit no from where we see journalism going, but, you know... I, I do focus on the present, but I do worry about the future. I mean, we work very hard here, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think people really grasp how hard that we work uh, and you know how many different sources we, we must go to uh, and how we back everything up. And, you know, do we make mistakes? I write, I've written corrections. Absolutely. You know, but Human you know, error. Well, it, you know, it, it, it will happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and... and Hopefully it's it's kept to a minimum. It's embarrassing. Because uh, you guys, you know, are very public. You know, you're writing something that's out there for everyone to see. And so you want to make, you know, not mis- mistakes. But again, it happens. I don't get paid a dime more <laughs> if something is controversial or makes somebody look this way or that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that can happen to me mm-hmm. is is I you know, feel bad or look bad if mm-hmm. I get something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no incentive 
to malign anybody mm -hmm. unfairly. Um, I have every incentive to get to get things right, and I, I think that might be what's different about a traditional newspaper mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, like, social media or the sort of the internet echo yeah. chamber. Um, you know, and you have, as I said, other mediums. You have, you know, the radio, which is great in what it does. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you've got political candidates mm -hmm. who were on WATR. Mm -hmm. Uh, expounding yep. at, at length in a way that you can't do in print media. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I, and uh, you know, some and you'll see some good coverage on television. But mm -hmm. guess what? TV is not here every day of the week that, like no. we are. They don't go to the meetings like we do. It's that brief snapshot in time. They don't. They don't really have the power to sort of. And I'm not saying anything bad about the TV journalists, but mm -hmm. they they don't have the focus on this community and they don't have the time to do the digging that we do. Uh, they don't look through the documents in the way that, that we do every day of every week. Uh, they don't file the FOIA requests mm -hmm. that we file all the time mm -hmm. with the city. And I think that's what's interesting and special about local journalism. And, you know, everywhere, you know, I'll venture say doesn't really have that. But, you know, the local journalists, you know, you are here, you're in the city, you're kind of seeing where the story is, you're meeting with the people, and you have this opportunity to kind of travel and stay with it for a long period of time where when you think of other sources of medium, it has to be kind of like quick, in your face, and then move on. Whether it's fact or fiction, people want it that's something that's quick. Well, I'm glad you you see that, um, and I, you know, a lot of you know a lot of other mediums sort of lean on uh, pr the print journalists. Mm -hmm. You know, I might write about something, and then the next day, you know, one or two TV stations are doing mm -hmm. the same story, mm -hmm. and the radio has it, mm -hmm. and their morning rundown. Uh, but if the newspaper isn't here doing that initial work, a lot of that other coverage would never happen. You would never mm -hmm. see that uh, a lot of the stuff that appears in other me in mediums, it, it wouldn't exist. And, you know, I don't think, you know, it, from the outside looking in, you don't really realize how it all kind of piggybacks and all works together as far as from print to TV to you know, how it all is just kind of full circle. Well, I see it because, uh, you know, I, I generate news. Mm -hmm. And so say if I am unable to attend a Board of Alderman mm -hmm. meeting, I have some conflict, mm -hmm. um, but I'll watch it on yeah. tape. Uh, and I'll write about it five days later. Mm -hmm. you know, I've done that multiple times, and then the day after I've, I've published, it's suddenly in other media outlets uh, who, again, they would have never seen it had it not been in the newspaper first. And, you know, and that's why uh, you know, I fear for a future in which there isn't or might not be a, a print publication with the focus that we have. Yeah. Uh, on the local community. A lot of people might say, oh, I could get that for free through other outlets. And I understand that's human nature. Uh, you know, but somebody has to generate that. Somebody has to find that. Somebody has to dig that up. Somebody exactly. has to vet it in the first place. And that's, it's happening here through this newspaper uh, in a way that it's not happening in other places, any other place. Thank, well, thank you for that. And, you know, Again, this is Michael Puffer from the Republican American. So, question. So, on the door, it says Republican and American. Is it the Waterbury Republican and American or Republican American? Uh, you know, you're going a bit before my time uh, <laughs> there, but once upon a time, there were two newspapers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, you know, the newspaper industry's been contracting for a very long time. 
Uh, so you had, uh, I think one was a morning paper and one was yeah. uh, an afternoon paper, and one had a, I think, more of a Democratic slant and one had a Republican slant. Ah. Uh, and uh, they merged once upon a time. Uh, you know, I don't really want to go too deep into it because I don't have a per- perfect grasp yeah. of the history here, but there were two separate papers um, mm-hmm. that, that had merged once upon a time. Wow. Thank you again for, you know, sitting with me, sharing your knowledge. I really do appreciate it. So, again, check out um, Michael Pufford's articles in the Republican American. And, again, support um, your local paper, no matter if you are here in Waterbury, which would be the Republican American. And is The Observer considered, like, a local newspaper? or The Observer is, and, you know, it's it's a, a good news source. I mm-hmm. would say, you know, they aren't able to do all the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a bit of a different uh, style. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're able to put a little bit more of their personal interpretation in there. John Burry is a, an excellent writer mm-hmm. and an excellent photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his stuff is definitely worth checking out. Uh, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, should this newspaper uh, one day not be here, I would hope that there'd be something else out there. You know, but uh, I don't see anything that would take its place, unfortunately. Mm. I think that we would have a giant, giant La- gap yes. uh, that that just wouldn't be filled. So uh, I hope people will support their local newspaper uh, because uh, we are here working very hard for you mm. uh, seven days a week. So once again, thank you for, for, again, sitting with me and talking about local journalism. I learned a lot. I know the listener um, will learn so much and has learned so much from sitting with you. And um, again, check out and support your local newspaper. Anything else that you want um, the audience to know? Oh, no, not at all. I, I appreciate spending this time with you. It's thank always you. nice. I, I, I see what uh, all the efforts you've done. I hope you'll keep them up. I mean, I think uh, I, I just hope that people such as yourself... Uh, the general public out there, you know, will continue, you know, that you'll continue and that yeah. others will emulate uh, your uh, attempts to reach out and affect public policy, to have, to interact with your local government. Well, thank you so much. So, again, you're hearing it from Michael Puffer. Get out there, be involved in your community, because it, it takes everybody. Um, continue to go out there and write. You know, I look forward to reading your next article. And, um, again, thank you. Thanks, Lisa.